welcome back. Charlie and I today are at home. It's pretty miserable outside, so our plan of going for a walk quickly uh, disappeared. Our motivation for that disappeared. <laughs> and instead, we have fueled ourselves with a cronut each. So, <laughs> pretty high on sugar. We're you ready. We're ready. We're definitely ready to chat. Um, how are you feeling? To, no, actually, do you know what? Do what you did with your friend the other day. Oh, the yeah, this is thing. so much easier than the how are you. Yes. So she always struggles to tell me how she really is, and it peeves me because I want to know. I really, I don't mean, hey, how are you? I mean, I want to know how you are. So we use a scale. <laughs> so I literally say to her now, okay, one to ten. And she will um and ah for a few minutes and give me what feels like a pretty honest number compared to how she would have answered otherwise. So I'm going to play <laughs> it on you. Today, Claire, <laughs> one to ten. One to ten. Do you know what? I'm an eight today. Nice. Yeah, I feel good. Is it the cronut? <laughs> it's probably the cronut. <laughs> it might have something to do with the cronut. <laughs> and the coffee. Yeah. Um. And the fact that I'm not working today yes. and doing this, which is always a highlight of the week. Yeah. Um, I feel good. When you ask your friend that on the scale, do you find, if she's the kind of person that keeps it in, do you find she then opens up having the number or does she tell you the number and then stops there and that's, that's yeah. all needs to be said? Um, initially, it was just the number. And if she mm-hmm. was happy, she'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But she finds it hard to say if she's not fine so I didn't really get much detail with that but I think I'm hoping the longer we do the one to ten some little snippets might sneak out yes yeah okay but it takes the pressure off reciprocate then how are you feeling one to ten uh I would say when you arrived this morning I was probably a five and a cuddle, a cronut, and a coffee. Oh, yeah. and a cry. Yeah. And a cry. We have had a good cry this morning, yes. <laughs> and I, I would say I am sitting at a seven now. So Lovely. thank you. Yeah, I feel much better. Um, I will mention now that, that the cry was because it is five months today since my dad died. And mm-hmm. so that always feels like a heightened day. Mm-hmm. But it has been really nice to talk about it and yeah. have a cuddle. And do this. Yeah, and this always, you know, we do this for our well-being. So thank you for joining us and mm-hmm. we hope you enjoy today's chat, which is. Right, what are we going to talk about today? So we um, we wanted to touch on work. It's something that we ha- we actually come at with very different points of views <laughs> yeah, and opposites. experiences. Complete opposites. Um, and yet for both of us, it's something that's, that's front of mind, even though we're, we're thinking about it in different ways. Um, and I have returned after my second maternity leave to the company that I worked at previously. Um, and I am, I don't know, when did I start? A couple of months in of going back. So it feels like just that point where I'm starting to get my feet back under the yeah. table. Remember what it's like to work, figuring out how you do that with two children. So let me rewind you mm-hmm. there. We really want to talk today about how do you decide to go back to work or not to go back to work. What's right for everyone will obviously be different, but how did we make those decisions? Mm -hmm. So for you, why did you go back to work? Why did you want to? How did that happen? Yeah, I think um, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I have a job that I see as a as a career that I love doing and so 
it's never felt, it's always been a big part of my identity and who I am. And so for me, if I remove that completely, I don't know how I would, um, how I'd feel or how I'd fill that gap. Yeah. It's become so ingrained in, in who I am and what I do that um, I don't do anything, <laughs> I don't do anything well, special. what you actually do, Dina. <laughs> I just work in advertising. Yeah. I work for a creative advertising agency. So it's not, you know, I'm not saving lives. I'm not yeah. doing anything But you amazing. love it. But I love it. And it's just part of who I am. And, um, and I get a lot from it. And how many years have you done that for? Oh, 12, yeah. 12 years. So straight from uni, annoyingly, my dad told me when I was like 15 that I should go into advertising. <laughs> and so I fought it as hard as I possibly could because you never want to do what your parents yeah. tell you that you should do. Damn, um, and yeah, and here I am 12 years later, <laughs> still in the same profession. Um, and how did I just, so it wasn't really a, it was a bit of a no brainer for me that I wanted to. And I think I'm very, I'm fortunate. I mean, God, we're both fortunate in terms of our kind of setup and yeah. our um, our ability to have those choices to even have to the even have a choice absolutely. exactly. Um, but but I've I've also had to work at it to make it happen. Charlie and I both are in um, have husbands in the military, and so that provides an extra complication. And so even though I always knew I was going to have to do it, the reality of that meant, you know, at sometimes we were living in Lincolnshire and I was commuting down to London or Cambridge and commuting down yeah. to London or whatever it be. So it's not been an, an obvious, easy thing. We've had to work at it. But it's always going to be something that I wanted to go back to. The reality of whether I thought that could work, and I still have times now. Yeah, We're going to move back up to Lincolnshire and that'll be the first time since having kids yeah. that we're moving back up to Lincolnshire. So, so the commute will mean something completely different. So it's different. always still a kind of a doubt in my mind of, can I continue this? Yeah. Are things going to change? Um, and, you know, what's right for the girls and kids? And God knows what that is. Yeah, <laughs> you never I feel know. like you're doing the right thing. But you? you never know. I know and in one minute you think you've got it and then the next thing something changes yeah. and you're questioning it all over again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think for me, it was about it's 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 such a big part of my identity. I I I need to have that in my life. Um, and I've been very fortunate where I could go back to the same company, so it wasn't. Um, and they've been incredibly supportive. And I've had two maternity leaves with the same company, yeah. so um, yeah, it's they've made it easier, and my husband and I have found ways yeah. to allow me to keep yeah. working um and I mean we'll go on to this won't we but it comes with a whole load of complications yeah. and yeah. issues and pros and cons of doing that but um yeah so that was me but I guess you've had a very different experience yeah um well almost the opposite I was in the air force for eight or nine years mm. um and then was actually medically discharged so I think I had the identity crisis professionally at that point mm -hmm. where suddenly I was unemployed for, uh, this is another topic, but, you know, medical <laughs> reasons that were outside my control. So I didn't choose to leave work, but was forced to and had to deal with that then. And that was before children. Mm. So 
my husband and I then moved to the States on um, military assignment and had our children out there. Both our girls were born in the States. And so I was not working as a result of what had happened in life mm. at the point when I had my children. So mm. I didn't have maternity leave. I didn't have, um, you know, any job to go back to in yeah. between the girls. And then when our youngest was three months old, we moved back to the UK and then was it was she only three here. months yeah. old when you came yeah. back? That's mad. We packed the house. I had a C-section, very last minute planned, unplanned sort of planned C-section. Mm. And then we had to pack the house when she was three weeks old. <sighs> and then we had to, we were supposed to move when she was about two months old, but COVID delayed yeah. it all. And we yeah. moved when she was three months. We came back here. So it was lockdown. So there was no way. I mean, it was terrible timing. Mm. She was three months and lockdown. There was no way I was going to get a job. Mm. And it was honestly the last thing on my mind because I mm. was coping day to day at that mm. point. Mm. Um, so I, I've almost fallen into being a stay-at-home mum. Mm. Um, but Did really you ever see yourself as well, a stay-at-home mum when you were younger and when you were no, working? I mean, and... I... I actually didn't think I'd ever really have children so it wasn't something that I'd mm. spent much time thinking about mm. having said that my mum was a stay-at-home mum mm. and when we start talking about these things I see the patterns and I I know that somewhere deep down in me because she did it and I loved having her there part of me feels like that's the right thing to do mm. and that's how she did it that's how therefore I did it because we turned out okay and I almost don't know how I would be a working mum because I haven't seen it in action apart yeah. from with friends and, yeah. you know, parents, mm. friends and now current peer mm. friends. Mm. So, yeah, it sort of happened the other way around for me. And my husband and I talk a lot. And, you know, there's been times since then that I've wanted to go back to work or thought about it. Mm. Um, but I want to do something that feels meaningful to me mm. not just going to earn money for the sake of it because yeah. I don't want to put my children into someone else's care just to earn money yeah I, I just don't for me that isn't why I chose to have children mm. I want to actively I suppose it's a control freak thing again it is I, I want <laughs> to influence their upbringing as much as I can yeah and luckily because we are in the position where you know, we have some extra security, although it's harder with military. It also offers mm. some extra security, mm. subsidised housing, yeah. a very secure job for one partner at least. Yeah. You know, we're lucky in that I don't have to right now. Mm. You know, we always both say, don't we, that we are extremely privileged fortunate and fortunate. And, yeah. You know, we realise some people don't have the choice and have to go back to work or some people can't even return to work because yeah. childcare is too so expensive. Reasons, so there's yeah. a yeah. million <clears throat> plethora of, mm. you know, different sort of reasons and setups setups and backgrounds and yeah so we're sort of we're there now I I am getting to the point where I realize identity wise and balance wise I need something else Mm. you know my girls are now four and two one's at school and one's at regular-ish um pretty regular childcare, and I think I can start to see enough space that there's I could fit something in. Mm. But I do feel like it would have to be a squeeze in. Yeah. And because I left the military and now I would be starting something new, it's not like I'm returning to the same job yeah. or it, the same or field. even an industry that you're no, it's co- familiar it will be completely with. different. So it's mm. it's very daunting, very you know, exciting in some ways to have so many options, but also 
paralyzing because there's too many options. I wouldn't know. I can't remember who I said this. I was chatting to someone the other day. If someone turned around to me now and said, right, you you have Ooh. to do a different job tomorrow, yeah. I would have a total meltdown. <laughs> I would be Welcome so... Welcome to my world! <laughs> I would be so overwhelmed at oh. the possibilities, the yeah. number of jobs, yeah. the different industries, yeah. knowing what your skill set yeah. is. How do you even go... Ab- yeah. I, honestly, I would... <laughs> It's like me when I, I can't ever change career because I'm going to be able to cope. <laughs> well, I used to tell my parents, you know, one week to the next, I'm going to be a firefighter, I'm going to be a paramedic, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be this and that. And I think my husband sort of feels like that at the moment, like the parent, because I every day I'm like, oh, I saw this on the internet, I think I'm going to be this, and I'm going to do this job, I'm going to do this job. But you know, it's it's a nice dilemma to be in in some ways, but it is it is very yeah. daunting. Yeah. But then, like, like as you said, there are so many different versions of setups of yeah working parents in whatever shape um that comes in don't you i mean it doesn't matter who i speak to mums and dads it it doesn't matter which one you are it comes with guilt it comes with worry about whether you're doing the right thing it comes with social stigma and yeah. judgment yeah. and it's so much baggage that surrounds whether you choose to work as a parent or not yeah that just never comes up before you have children no it's not something you would ever prepare yourself for is it no although having said that I did I do remember an argument with a friend at school I think we were about 13 or 14 and my mum was a stay-at-home mum as I said and her mum worked and Mm. both of us as 13 year old hormonal girls were convinced <laughs> that what our mums did was best was the right way was the right way to do mm. it was was why wouldn't everybody do it this way we couldn't understand mm. the other person's point of view yeah which obviously comes with experience and age but I think yeah. it partly points to you know both of us were were really happy and mm. I really deep down feel as long as your children's needs are met physical emotional yeah to them the impact of having a working or non-working parent, as long as it's not massive extremes, mm. you know, and you work 700 hours a week, <laughs> but there aren't, <laughs> and never see your children. Yes. You know, as long as their their needs are met and they still connect with you and they mm. still get mm. you as a mm. parent, I, I don't think there's, you know, I, I feel like there's more, um, how do I say it, there's more repercussions for the individual Mm, working or not working than the children this is what I tell myself all the time but then I have an internal argument with myself as to whether I'm just telling myself this to make myself feel better or whether I actually deep down believe it is but I you know quite often if if people ask me about working I say I am a better mum when I'm working than if I wasn't working I'm I'm just, I'm happier, I'm able to cope with it better, I have just my own sense of, but am I just saying that to make myself feel better, to like kind of validate my selfishness of going back to work, because quite frankly I cannot cope with the girls (laughs) the whole time. time. I mean that's partly why we started this podcast, Mm. is because the concept of doing anything to make yourself happy when you are a parent yeah. is deemed selfish. Exactly. Whether it, whether it, oh, actually, whether it is deemed selfish or not, we we perceive it as yeah. being 
deemed as selfish, which yeah. is so contradictory to all the you know data out there that says you have to self-care, you have to put yourself first, you have to have yeah. boundaries mm. in order to function as a healthy human being to support other people. Yeah. But when it comes to putting it into practice, it's virtually impossible, isn't it? And when it's I very ironic yeah, that yeah. you say that that we are doing this podcast, our children are currently in childcare. Yeah. To free up this time for ourselves. Yeah. Because we know it's beneficial to our well being. Yeah. And hopefully everybody else is well being is listening. Exactly. Like there is a reason as to why we're doing this. Yeah. And even as we're doing it, we're challenging. Yeah. Whether we should be doing it or not. Yeah. And what's right. Yeah. And that's that's the complexity, and that's just yeah. the constant feeling of guilt and paranoia as a parent, isn't and it? And I think that's one of the intangible aspects of the exhaustion of a parent, because mm. your mind, well, certainly mine, <laughs> never switches off from mm. the were in the mm. background of assessing, balancing, counting people's mm. needs and you know, working out priorities and the constant mental juggle mm. of what's right yeah. and what you believe and how you feel about things. It's very, you know, when you said in one of our other podcasts about the overload of parental advice mm. and sort of guides out there, how to be it's a good parent. very hard yeah. to shut all that out, to stop, to go back to your identity of, like who you are, what your values are, yeah. and how do you make your life align with that to feel less guilty? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, a bit of a juggling act in itself. Yeah. It completely is. I think also the the weird thing that I find we we are very open and honest with each yeah. other now, so I don't have this between ourselves because we are coming at it a very different way. Is I also find it can it can create a dynamic between you and other parents. And just like anything, you know, how how you choose to parent yeah. is always, yeah. you know, a source of yeah. friction potentially between you and other parents. And I find exactly the same with this topic of whether to go back to work or not. I imagine for you, particularly in the military environment, when a lot of spouses have to have to or choose to are pushed to or, or choose to give up work mm. to follow a spouse. Yes. And to stay together as a family unit, it's yeah. not easy to maintain your own career. But I mean, it's probably no. okay to get a job, but career is a different thing. Do you know what I've really found is it's changed even in the last five or six years? Because when I was first... Oh, how long have I been with Rob? I don't know, six years. <laughs> I love you, Rob. Seven, eight years? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, please don't listen to this. It's, um, when I, I, felt, I felt as a massive outsider within yeah. the military community for that reason because I had a career yeah. and I was kind of looked at oddly like why are you not following why yeah. are you not doing and I felt quite awkward about it mm. and I didn't really talk about it that much and yeah I've seen from especially the impact of Covid and 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 it's true in terms of Covid has massively impacted women within the workplace but equally it's also seen more women creating their own businesses, becoming yeah. entrepreneurs, setting things up at home. And it definitely feels like that is an opportunity yeah. for a lot of mums, especially within military when you have to move around all the time. Yeah. I think there's different ways of working and it, it'll be interesting to see how post-COVID changes in work, life, balance, yeah. what companies expect, how they're supporting parents. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out, what impact it has. Yeah, I... 
from the, the friends around here who are job hunting, I've had quite a good insight recently mm. into, you know, the interviewing and the sort of jobs that are out there at the moment. And the, the general trend I've noticed is that I thought personally that COVID would change the way of working. And I think it has mm. absolutely to some degree. But a lot of people are saying the com- the jobs that they're now applying for that are now being advertised are not as flexible as they used to be. And so actually work from home means, but actually you have to be in the office one day a week, right. which is fine if you live in the same place. Enough, but yeah. there is, there are fewer jobs 100% remote, I think, than there were that were forced to be remote because of COVID. So yes. especially as a military spouse, that's a different mm. sort of kettle of fish because you have to be close enough to be able yeah. to go into the office whenever you're needed. Yeah. For however long that is. Or you do what I do and commute two hours each way going yeah. from Lincolnshire to yeah. London and back. Yeah. Which again, <sighs> like the only the only way you can do that is with family support. A hundred percent. And if you're you know, you're 100%. lucky to have that and parents who can do that. Yeah. How does somebody, how on earth does somebody do that who doesn't, you just couldn't, you no. physically couldn't do that no. job? We have been so reliant on parents and we always talk about, don't we, but the importance of building a village in whatever yeah. shape that takes. We've been incredibly lucky that between grandparents, they have been travelling an hour or two each week to look mm-hmm. after the girls a couple of days a week so that they're not nursery five days so that you know rob and i've got a bit of flexibility if we're working late we don't have to rush back etc and that's been an absolute godsend um because it's uh, yeah i mean that's the and you you look at other people and kind of envy what they've got and so it's it's interesting kind of having that dynamic i'm you know i'll think about the fact that you are able to go and pick ivy up from school at three o'clock three fifteen whenever she comes out Sophie's starting school next year and I'm thinking oh I'm gonna have to put her in breakfast clubs I'm gonna have to put her in after school clubs I can't pick her up till half five six I'm literally having an an hour with I mean the last few nights I've missed every bedtime because work's been busy and just that feeling of what am I doing and is this really the right thing and what am I missing out on and and actually, especially since having a second child, mm. I appreciate how quickly that time goes. Yeah. So I know with yes. my youngest, before I know it, she's going to be in, in school. school and whatever. And these are, you can't get, you know, it's that, yeah. such cliche. a cliche, isn't it? It's such a cliche. You can never get these years yeah. back. You can't get this time back. Yeah. Um, so how are you supposed to know? Yeah. Right? I, don't, I mean, there's, you know, I've seen friends here go from not working to full-time work mm. and struggle to even find the right childcare because some mm. jobs don't you know even if you do it before school yeah isn't actually early enough to get to the job on time to where you mm. need to be mm. so I, I don't know how I don't know if there's any there's no win I think I think that's yeah. the whole point of our conversation isn't it mm you have a very nice balance of working at your full-time job four days a week. Yes. Doing a podcast with me a day a week, which builds our well-being. Yeah. You know, we, we feel fulfilled. We feel like we're, you know, doing something with a purpose. Doing something for ourselves. Doing something for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Enjoying ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then you have two days with the family. Yeah. 
I have, you know, arguably all the school drop-offs and pickups and days and evenings and mm-hmm. all that. So I can see why from each of our angles, the other one looks so appealing. Yeah. But the reality of it is so hard mm. both ways. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, there isn't a single day where I don't think, oh, why am I not at work? Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure there's days when you're like, exactly what why you said. Why am I at work? Why am I at work? <laughs> I, I'm going to want to do the pickups. And yeah. Yeah. So, but it comes, for me, it comes back to the sort of maybe two generations ago female empowerment sort of... Mm movement which basically said feminism yeah over feminism in my (laughs) mind where you know we were taught you can have an amazing career you can have your children you can have a happy husband a good marriage a very nice car a good house and you can go out and you can get all that you should get all that and when you get that you will be happy I was going to say it's not just you can it's you should yeah it's the the girl boss movement yeah isn't it that yeah that was, you know, at the time felt incredible and yeah. empowering. You're completely right. <laughs> exactly. But retrospectively now we've we've again moved on in the yeah. sense of realising that actually, you know, girl bosses is, is very one dimensional, yeah. very um ex- not exclusive's the wrong word, but just it's one way to do it and it's not um it piles the pressure on. Yeah, and, and I think that's the I thing. I think the point that I feel is you can have that if you have a full time nanny mm. and you never see your children. So you have children, yeah. and you know they will grow up and they'll be fine. Yeah. But is it how? Like, what's the point? Yeah. And that's where, I guess, all, you know, that's why it's so different for everyone, because all of our values are so mm. unique, Yeah, are, are unique, that yeah. it's not, like you said, it's not the one size fits all, but the, the pressure of growing up thinking that that is what you should be aspiring to mm. makes it feel, especially for me now, as a stay-at-home mum, it, I feel really torn between do I want to stay here and do this and my my main value and my main driving core is the girl's development mm. and the fact that I believe as parents we have A, the most influence at this age, mm. but B, the most invested influence yeah. or... Should I be out at work to gain people's respect and feel respected from the outside and feel mm. not judged by other working mums or, yeah. you know, my parents' friends or, you know, yeah. people whose other children, their children manage it. And, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. just, it's so confusing. It is so confusing. But isn't it, isn't it a, mi- a mindset that we need to switch from from is it okay to it is okay? Yeah. Stop questioning ourselves. Stop judging ourselves. Yeah. Actually, if we just keep telling ourselves it is okay. I mean, even yeah, I within the space of this morning, <laughs> dropping the girls off, I both had a thought of, I and I talked about it in some training we did at work, which is all about identifying your kind of you know understanding your your identity, 
um, and you know that's completely changed since becoming a parent of actually a big driver for me of why I want to keep progressing in my career is to be a positive role model for other women and now particularly that I've got two girls yeah. it's even more of a driving force for me that as I'm becoming more of a managerial role within that and progressing I feel like that is going to have a positive impact on my girls to show them that you can do yeah. you know there are no ceilings it doesn't matter you know girl boss. Girl, yeah new version new more positive version of girl boss but that needs to be that created um for me girl boss was too uh just way too um simplified simplistic too aggressive yeah too too much of a woman having to behave like a man to get yeah. ahead and I think that's where it started to differ and is really different um within the kind of the managerial styles that I've witnessed over the last few years is you don't have to behave like a man to get ahead actually a lot a lot of female managers but also male managers this isn't I think the, the really refreshing thing, this isn't a gender thing anymore. Yeah. Male and female managers are becoming more supportive, more human, more aware, more able to be vulnerable mm. and show who they are and be really open about problems they're having, insecurities they have, issues at home, whatever it be so for me that is much more of a positive I don't know how we got into this topic (laughs) much more of a positive kind of role model that was it role model for the girls but then two minutes later I was sat there I was flicking through the um the app from the nursery and they had photos up of the other children while Sophie wasn't there yesterday um practicing writing out their names Um. and I was like oh god Sophie can't write her name yet (laughs) Is that because I'm not spending time with her? Yeah. It's because I'm not I'm not at home with her. I should be there mm. helping teach her how to write yeah. and yeah. count and like and all the kind of basic things. So in one morning I've gone from yeah. brilliant, I'm being a positive role model to I am totally yeah. abandoning my child and not aiding her development whatsoever. Yeah. I I mean <laughs> I, I can understand that completely. It's so it's so um, easy to feel like you can measure mm. against other parents and against other children mm. and what stage they develop at and what can they do and what can't they do. Mm. Even when Ivy started school and I have been at home with her the whole time, she could write her name. It's three letters. She was very fortunate. <laughs> um, but she, you know, there were children who were so much more advanced whose parents, mm. you can tell, have had them down practising, mm. doing and I also just think they're children. I want them to play. I want them, like, yeah. at this age, Yeah. who cares? But I understand yeah. your point about the fact that is it because you're there, is it because you're not yeah. there? Yeah, exactly. Talking about role model, that's so interesting you bring that up because I was having a talk to a friend uh, recently who's going to go back into a very, very high-pressured, high-performance, high-expectation mm-hmm. career post-number-two baby. And... Her husband said to her one of the reasons he thinks she should go back because she's having an Ari and not sure how she feels about it. Yeah. And he said, I think you should do it because it, it's a really good thing to role model for your children, mm. for our children. And 
I completely agree to some degree, but I think it, I think that's where, when I asked you, is it girl boss? It's not. And I, I think mm. what you've done so nicely going back to work is it feels like a positive role model, not just a, oh my God, I have to get back on the mm. treadmill. I have mm. to do this because I have to show them I can manage and I am superhuman and I can mm. do everything. Mm. To me, if you're doing that, that's a negative role model mm. because you are perpetuating the myth that you can have everything, do everything, should have everything, and you will be happy, mm. but you're killing yourself doing it. Yeah. What I feel like you're doing is going back to something that makes you happy, that mm. you enjoy. You've taken it down to four days a week, knowing that you need a day a week to look after yourself, to replenish. Yeah. And to me, that feels like a positive role model because your children get a better version of you, mm. not just an exhausted sort yeah. of... Yeah societally brainwashed I must do this version of you it's you've made conscious choices and isn't it it's really interesting thinking about the dynamic there with that example of your friend and for the sake of our well-being which is ultimately what we're trying to improve boost whatever however we want to call it it's it's one thing if she is thinking will I do you know deciding for herself that she wants to go back because she wants to be a positive role model yeah. it's very different if someone external for instance yeah. your your partner <clears throat> yes. is saying to you i think you should go back because it would make you a positive role model yeah. because that's just heaping the pressure on yeah. again you haven't made that decision for yourself someone yeah. else is now yeah. telling you what would yeah i suppose ultimately the positive role model is knowing yourself accepting mm-hmm. it and making choices based on that exactly yeah you're absolutely right exactly yeah, another minefield. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them. So do you feel like for you and your family at the moment, mm. you've got a good balance? It do, do you know, my husband and I said that in, while we were in bed last night, we said we feel like it's starting to get to some form of normality now. So it's been a few months of going back to work. Um, and I think one of the things that we have definitely had to work on as a couple is communication and respecting each other's boundaries in that sense so for instance today having a day where I'm not working but I have the child the girls in childcare, was a conversation that had to be had obviously with with Rob because that is you know that has an impact on our family it has an impact on our income both ways because I'm a not working and also yeah. I'm I need to be pay for childcare for what is essentially a very privileged thank you very much I can have a a day off to do my own thing yeah. and so I think there's there's a sense of kind of respecting each other's boundaries and this is you know why um it's yeah you know, I'm incredibly grateful for you know as much as I'm not going to make this out to be idyllic we argue like cats and dogs <laughs> over lots of things to do with the kids yeah. and balance and who's doing what and all that kind of stuff but incredibly grateful for the fact that he understands why I need this time away and why it needs to and the kind of the added stresses of being the I am still the primary caregiver in that sense of especially being in the military you know if he's away for periods of time mm-hmm. You're naturally, you know, there's there's usually one of you in the couple that's the primary caregiver, aren't you? And so yeah. 
there is an understanding therefore that that adds extra pressure throughout the week on top of work which then requires kind of you know I could go back five yeah yeah when I went back after the first mat leave I went back four days a week and within two months I was back five days a week because I didn't respect my own boundaries I was working five days a week so I may as well get paid for five days a week and so do you feel like that is something that's shifted in you with experience that you, after second maternity, you are holding your boundaries more strongly with work and with within the family. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think it's, it's, I have to have those boundaries because I respect our time together. Yeah. I respect that it's, it's easier because it's not a, a day off that I can yeah. easily give up. Yeah. It's a day off where we are doing some. We have created this. We are doing something. Yeah. I'm respectful of your time and yeah. not letting yes. you down. Yeah. And so therefore, it's a different mindset. It feels and it makes less it, selfish. It feels less selfish. It's easier for me to put those boundaries in with work and say no, I can't because yeah. I am doing something, as yeah. opposed to no, I can't because I'm not working. Yeah. Which feels quite different. Respect and also, the Corona respect the corona i'm sorry i can't do this because i will be eating my body weight in cronuts uh, very important (laughs) exactly no it's it's nice and what do you think so we've never actually talked about this but do you Mm. think you do four days a week do you think if rob had the chance he would choose to do four days a week i keep saying this to him i and i mean oh people listening in the military i don't know but yeah (laughs) He's, he's kind of, and I don't know how much is because of his upbringing. We've talked about the influence yeah. of parents and his, he, you know, he had a very traditional, his dad worked, his mum stayed at home. He, in his mind, he works and that's kind of his role. Yeah. Um, then amplified by being in the military and he doesn't, he doesn't have many role models around him yes. who are doing that, especially as other men yeah. um, who are taking that time so in his mind I just don't think it would be an option it's not an option yeah I could not be a bigger advocate for yeah. him and so <laughs> if he said you know I'm going to go down to four days a week and it's this it's this kind of income yeah. I would be so supportive of it yeah. because it's just I think everyone especially post-covid have realized just that balance and as a parent when do you ever get time on your own mm. 100% he's never on his own no he comes home and he deals with children and then he goes back to work yeah. and on weekends he's with yeah. children and, and us. relentless. And he spends his time thinking about whether I should be going away with my friends yeah. for the weekend to have time off, booking me into, you know, a spa for the day to have time off from the girls. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I, yeah, I know. It is, it, it's just the constant assessment of needs and yeah every everybody's balance i mean that's a whole podcast in itself isn't it around yeah. parental leave and yeah definitely the responsibilities that. that you know that that men face yeah um so i think if i had to envisage mine and finney's future in terms of work and balance mm-hmm. We That's a would good question. be, yeah. Five years we, time. So What's I imagine happen? for you, mm-hmm. having what you just said about Rob, I imagine he will still be working five days a week. Yep. And you might be working three or four days a week, and you'll probably still have a day where you do something for a purpose and for yep. yourself. And that sort of, I imagine you will always keep that balance now. 
Especially while the kids are young. Yes. But I think for us, we are... The more time we spend together and egg each other on, the more weird we become. We've decided we want to live on a commune <laughs> in the middle of nowhere with a field and a tent and a, you know, a sort of little pod thing in the garden that we can both work from and maybe we'll work each three days a week or four days a week. Mm-hmm. I think for me it would be perfect. Three or four days a week, each of us, mm-hmm. overlapping a bit. So generally there's someone around with yeah. the girls, for the girls. Mm-hmm. And we get some space, we get some together time, we get some no children time. I love the idea of melding it and Mm. creating A, jobs that we love and feel like align with us, really align with us, Mm. which isn't the case for either of us particularly at the moment. Mm. Um, But B, creating a sort of balance that you don't feel like you need escape from. I don't want to feel like I'm desperate for a holiday. Mm. I want to enjoy life. Yeah. The All majority of, of the All time, of like yeah, yeah, day to day, week to week, mm. and living abroad, I think, has given us that the yeah, taste inside. of that because it's mm. so much easier to be outside and it's, use yeah. your weekdays, not yeah. just come home from work, dinner bath bed, or come home from school, dinner bath. You know, you, yeah. it feels like more of a balance, less five two mm. and more three or four, three they've been, or four. They've been trialing, haven't they, four day weeks in the UK? Well, and bring it on. A lot of companies have been sticking to it, so. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, here, here, let's let's petition that. Um, I'm going to come and live with you on your commune. Yes, That's okay. <laughs> that sounds rather idyllic. Yeah. If you have <laughs> some brilliant, weird, wonderful ideas, come and live on the commune with us. <laughs> oh, that was lovely. Thank you. No, thank you. I enjoyed that. How are you feeling now? One to ten. Inspired. I think I've gone up oh. to an eight. <laughs> oh, that is a jump. How about you? I like it. I'm. I am a. F- Full, big, fat eight. Lovely. Yeah. Feels well, great, doesn't it? keep the scale. That's kind of a nice way to... Easy measure. I like that. Okay, well, thank you for listening. We hope you've had a, a bit of a giggle and some nice thinking points about what might help you... Make that decision. Yep. And we will speak to you very soon. Bye for now. Bye.